All right, praises be to our loving Father that we are again able to study his words and his commandments. We're going to study part two of the Palestinian covenant. So we'll this will take us to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30. So we're about at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. And so these are exciting times for the assembly of Yahushua. But before we get there, let's talk about the Palestinian covenant. What is this all about? Well, it began back in Deuteronomy chapter 29, 1 and 13. These are the terms of the covenant Yahuwah commanded Moses to make with the Israelites while they were in the land of Moab, in addition to the covenant he made with them at Mount Sinai. By entering into the covenant today, he will establish you as his people and confirm that he is your God, just as he promised you and as he swore to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so before they entered the promised land, Moses gave a speech to the new generation of Israelites. And he was instructed by Yahuwah God to establish a covenant, or better said, to reconfirm or to renew the covenant. Because back in Mount Sinai, when Yahuwah established the covenant with his people Israel, this new generation were not present, at least most of them were not present. Is this another covenant that Yahuwah God is establishing? It's not another covenant because the Mosaic covenant will not be replaced until in the New Testament with the coming of Yahusha HaMashiach. So this is not another covenant. Instead, it is a renewing of the covenant, but with emphasis on the covenant that Yahuwah God made through Abraham. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. And in this Abrahamic covenant, what did it include? Genesis 15, 18, and 20, 21. So Yahuwah made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land now occupied by the Kenites, Canaanites, Candomites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. And so when Yahuwah God established the, his covenant with his friend Abram, who would become Abraham, it was meant to be an everlasting covenant. And in the covenant, Yahuwah God made promises. One of these promises concerns the inheritance of a plot of land which today encompasses the region beyond Palestine or Palestine and beyond. When we say Palestine, it refers basically to a plot of land that includes the promised land. And so when Yahuwah God spoke to Abraham and made a covenant with him, it included the land where we can now, that is now called Palestine. This is why it's called the Palestinian covenant because of the emphasis in occupying the land because the people of Israel were preparing to enter the land and so fulfill part of Yahuwah God's promise to his friend Abraham. We say part because when we look at the boundaries of this plot of land promised by Yahuwah God, it would encompass so much more than what Israel in the past occupied. Because when we look at the history of Israel as a people during biblical times, they only occupied a sliver of what was promised by Yahuwah God to Abram or to Abraham. So we can say this has not been completely fulfilled. It may have been partially fulfilled, but it has not been completely 
fulfilled. Why do we say this? Well, when will it be completely fulfilled? This promise that Jehovah God made to Abraham. Let's read the book of Deuteronomy 30 in the verses 1. In the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses, I have listed for you. And when you are living among the nations to which Yahuwah your God has exiled you, take to heart all these instructions. So when will the Abrahamic covenant or when will the promise of Yahuwah God to the descendants of Israel that they will occupy the land as promised be fully or completely fulfilled? Bible says in the future, after the exile. We all know there was an exile that took place during the history of Israel. What happened to Israel after they occupied the promised land? They prospered, yes, but eventually they betrayed Yahuwah God. And so what happened to Israel? It split into how many kingdoms? Two, the house of Judah and the house of Israel. But they did not learn their lesson. They continued to blaspheme God and to follow and worship false gods. And so what happened to them? They were uh, driven to exile. They were destroyed by their enemies. And who was the first house to fall? It was the northern part, right? The, north, uh, the northern kingdom or the house of Israel. They perished under the hand of the Assyrians. Afterwards, even those who belonged to the kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom, also, fa also failed. And they also were driven to captivity, exiled by the Babylonian forces. So the two houses of Israel, they failed. They were exiled. But we know what Yahuwah God did. He reached out his hand and he took the remnants from Babylon and together they established the second temple. And that was when Yahushua came. But did they accept Yahushua? No, they rejected him. This is why even to this present day, the people of Israel remain in exile, even after he became, quote unquote, the modern state of Israel. This is why we're going to examine in our future studies the modern state of Israel that emerged in 1948. What is the composition of the state of Israel? Do they represent the fulfillment of this prophecy? Because modern Israel today, they're using this prophecy as a basis for their, for their agenda, for trying to take control of more and more land there in Palestine. And it's creating a lot of chaos and a lot of warfare. This is why we need to look deeper into that issue. But what we want to know is this, when will this be fully fulfilled or completely fulfilled? What will Yahuwah God eventually do according to his promise? Let's continue reading uh, two down to three. If at that time you and your children return, to Yahuwah your God. And if you obey with all your heart and all your soul, all the commands I have given you today, then Yahuwah your God will restore your fortunes. He will have mercy on you and, take note, gather you back from all the nations where he has scattered you. Yes, we know because of God's anger, because he fulfilled the curses that was listed. And so, when the curses and the blessings were listed, it's a good thing for us because we can actually use that list of curses to track what happened to Israel 
what happened to Judah after they were overcome by their enemy to be able to determine the people of Israel today. But we will not do that in this episode. We will do that in the following or succeeding episode. But what we need to know is this. What is the promise of God? Yes, in his anger, they would be exiled into many nations. But what would he eventually do? Bible says he will gather them back from all the nations where he has scattered them. This is the promise of Yahuwah God. And after he gathers them all back, what would Yahuwah do? Let's read forward to find. Even though you are banished to the ends of the earth, Yahuwah your God will gather you from there and bring you back again. Yahuwah your God will, ret will return you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you will possess that land again. Then he will make you even more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. What is What will Yahuwah God do? After bringing back the people of Israel together and bringing them back to their land, Bible says they will possess the land and they will become prosperous and more numerous than your ancestors. In other words, Yahuwah God will, will fulfill the Abrahamic covenant, the promise he made to his friend Abraham. And so Israel will be replanted in the land and they would eventually flourish and prosper. Question is this, was this prophecy already fulfilled? What do you think? Was the Abrahamic covenant already fulfilled? The Palestinian covenant, was it already fulfilled? Because there are those who will say, well, it was fulfilled in 1948 when there became modern Israel, the state of Israel. However, when we look at what is included in the fulfillment of this prophecy and what needs to take place first before this prophecy is completely fulfilled, the answer to this question would be, no. Why? Let's take a look first at what needs to happen before this can be fully or completely fulfilled. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 32 to 3. If at that time you and your children return to Yahuwah your God, and if you obey with all your heart and all your souls, all the commands I have given you today. And so before the prophecy and the promise that Israel would return to their land and prosper again as the people of God. What must happen first? Bible says you and your children must return to Yahuwah your God, right? What else? They will obey all the commands with all of their heart, with all of their soul that was given today. So this must happen first. Question, has this happened already have they fully returned to Yahuwah God? How can the people of Israel today who rejected the Messiah back in the first century be able to return to God? The book of John 14, 6, Yahuwah, Yahusha told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so what is the only way? For those who dwell in the land of Israel, for the people of Israel who are in exile to be able to return to the land and become the people of God. Bible says when they accept Yahushua 
as their Messiah. Because he's the only way to who? The Father. You cannot achieve reconciliation with God unless you believe and have faith and are baptized into the body of Yahusha HaMashiach. Question, the people there who reside in the land of Israel, have they done that already? Have they accepted the Mashiach? No. They even called the Mashiach, remember in that video that we showed you? They said that Yahusha was born in sin, right? They reject Yahusha HaMashiach. Do you think the people who reside in Israel today are the people of God? What is your answer? No, they are not the people of God. They rejected the Messiah. What more proof do you want than that? They rejected Mashiach. And when you reject Mashiach, you reject Yahuwah Abba. And so that prophecy in Deuteronomy 30, it has not been fulfilled yet. It awaits a complete, more thorough fulfillment that will take place in the future. Why else are we sure that the prophecy, the promise of Yahuwah God to his people Israel will not be fulfilled until later on, that it has not been fulfilled yet? Let's keep reading Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. Yahuwah, your God, will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and soul and so you may live. What also is included as part of what must be fulfilled. And this will show us whether or not it has already been fulfilled. Bible says not only will they occupy that part of land, which really is not the biggest part of the covenant or the biggest part of the prophecy or the promise. The better part is what's going to happen in their heart, right? What does the Bible say will happen to the heart of the people who will come from different nations who have been exiled? Bible says their heart will be changed. And that's a significant clue because for their heart to be changed, something has to happen. That is also in the prophecy. What is that? What will cause the, how, the, the uh, hearts of those who belong to the people of Israel and the people of Judah for their hearts to be changed? Let's go take a look at the prophecy in the book of Ezekiel 36, 24 to 27. For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. And I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And so this prophecy is parallel with what is recorded in the book of Deuteronomy. Yahuwah God says they'll be exiled, but eventually God will fulfill his promise and he will gather his people once again and replant them in their land. But before this happens, their heart needs to be changed. How can their heart be truly changed? Bible says Yahuwah God will give them what? A new heart and a new spirit. Yahuwah says in verse 27, I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. This was something new. 
This was something that did not happen during the days of Solomon, the days of David. This is something new. When the spirit will be given into their minds and into their heart. What was he talking about here? What is this all about? The giving of the spirit. Let's read the book of Hebrews chapter 8, 6 to 8. But now Yahushua, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, the day is coming, says Yahuwah, when I will make a new covenant. You see that? A new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This is why we're saying the prophecy, the promise in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it has not been fulfilled yet. Why? Because the only way for it to be fulfilled is if the people who dwell in the land of Israel today would accept the new covenant. But do they accept the new covenant? No. They're still stuck with the old covenant. This is why they still want to perform the ceremonies. This is why they're still looking for a red heifer. This is why they're going to build another temple. They're still stuck in the old ways. They have not accepted the new covenant. Who will mediate this new covenant? Not Moses, not Abraham. Who is it? Yahushua. This is why for them to be a part of this new covenant, they would have to accept Yahushua as their high priest. And of course, they reject Yahushua. Instead, they are looking for their own high priest. And in so doing, they reject the new covenant. How then can we say that the prophecy has already been fulfilled? No, it awaits future fulfillment. When those who dwell in the land of Israel will accept Yahushua. And the Bible says that time is coming. Yahuwah says when he will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. And how, what is this new covenant all about? Let's read the book of Hebrews 9 uh, to 12. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and let them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says Yahuwah. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says Yahuwah. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know Yahuwah, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. So what is the new covenant? It is the giving of the Spirit to both the house of Judah and the house of Israel after they accept the new covenant through Yahushua, their high priest. And this Spirit is what will change their hearts I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. And because Yahuwah God will do this by means of the spirit, it's different from the old covenant. The old covenant, Yahuwah God wrote the laws on stones, two tablets, right? 
But in the new covenant, he will write his laws in our minds and in our hearts. This is what Yahuwah God will do in the new covenant through Yahusha HaMashiach. But Yahusha has been rejected by those who call themselves modern Israel. The Israel who dwell in that land uh, today. And so it's only after they accept. It's only when they accept Yahusha will the new covenant be established. But once this New covenant has been established with the people who belong to Israel. What would happen then to Jerusalem and to Israel? Let's read the book of Deuteronomy 38 to 10. Then you will again obey Yahuwah and keep all his commands that I am giving you today. Yahuwah, your God, will then make you successful in everything you do. He will give you many children and numerous livestock. And he will cause your fields to produce abundant harvests. For Yahuwah will again, take note, delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. Yahuwah your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep the commands and decrees written in the book of instruction. And if you turn to Yahuwah your God with all your heart and soul. And so what is Yahuwah God's promise when the new covenant has been accepted by those who belong to Israel. The Bible says Yahuwah God will cause them to prosper and to succeed. Not only that, Yahuwah God says that he will delight in them. Has that happened already? Not yet. When will this all happen? When will Israel, the descendants of Abraham, the descendants of Jacob, when will they accept Mashiach and be able to enjoy the prosperity because they receive now the spirit under the new covenant? When will this be fully realized? Let's read the book of Isaiah 65, 17 to 21. Look, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. And no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad. Rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem. Not the new Jerusalem, right? But the Jerusalem here. I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. No longer will babies die when only a few days old. No longer will adults die before they have lived a full life. No longer will people be considered old at 100. Only the curse will die that young. In those days, people will live in the houses they build and eat the fruit of their own vineyards. This will take place here. Take note in, the, in verse 17, Yahuwah God makes a promise. I am creating new heavens and a new earth. This is in reference to the future, which will be fulfilled in Revelation chapter 21. When you read Revelation chapter 21, it says, I saw the new heavens and the new earth. That will be in the future. This is a different uh, promise that's being fulfilled. Before he creates the new heavens and the new earth, what will he create first? The Jerusalem here on earth. For what? It is for the kingdom of Yahuwah our God. You see, there's a, 
there's a covenant called the Davidic covenant as well that we will talk about in the future. And because of that is going to be what some are calling the millennial kingdom. The kingdom that will be based there in Jerusalem and in that kingdom, Israel will enjoy prosperity. It, it is called the golden age of the people of Israel. This is a foretaste of the new heavens and the new earth. What will it be like there in Jerusalem during the quote-unquote millennial kingdom? Bible says, Yahuwah will delight in his people. They will be healthy and prosper. They will have long life. They will be able to do the things that they aspired to do and actually enjoy them, like building houses and living in them. They will enjoy the fruit of their own work, the labor of their hands. And so Yahuwah God will bless his people Israel. They will prosper and succeed in what they do, as was mentioned in Deuteronomy 34 down to 5. So it has not been fulfilled yet. It will be fulfilled during the reign of Yahusha here on earth for how many years? A thousand years. This is the millennial reign of our king that will take place in the future. But before this will happen, before this good news about what's going to happen there in Jerusalem, what must we come to terms with first? The book of Deuteronomy 30 verse 1, I have now given you a choice between blessing and a curse. When all these things have happened to you, and you are living among the nations where Yahuwah your God has scattered you, you will remember, take note, the choice I gave you. So the Bible says before that golden age of Israel, when Yahushua's and Yahuwah's promises will be enjoyed by the people of Israel be fulfilled. Before that, Bible says all these things will have, have, will have happened to you first. The curses that we talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 29. 30 is the continuation of that. And so the curses is going to happen first. And at some point, as the curses are unfolding and the punishments of Yahuwah is being meted out, at some point, you're going to remember. What is that? The choice that Yahuwah God gave you. And they will repent. They will return to Yahuwah. And they will accept Mashiach. Yahusha is his name. And then the millennial kingdom will be ushered in. But before that, they have to face something very difficult. And when we go back to Deuteronomy last week, I remember uh, we talked about something that's going to happen, which really kind of bothered me because this is pretty hard to take. Deuteronomy 29, 23. They will exclaim, the whole land is devastated by sulfur and salt. It was a wasteland with nothing planted, nothing growing, not even a blade of grass. It is like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which Yahuwah destroyed in his intense anger. Question, was this already fulfilled? Did this happen already? When the land of Israel, talking about the land, the land of Israel was destroyed in this manner, likened to Sodom and Gomorrah because of fire, because of sulfur. Because when you think about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was pretty complete, right? A lot of people perished. There was intense bloodshed. And most of all, 
there was intense fire that was involved producing brimstone and sulfur. This is what's going to happen to the land of Israel. Has this already happened? I don't think so, because if it did, we would know about it, right? This hasn't happened yet. And so this must happen first before the Deuteronomy 30 event of prosperity will take place and happen. And so this waits future fulfillment as well. And so when will this take place? When will this happen? And what are, what's behind all of it? Well, it turns out uh, a description of this kind of devastation involving sulfur was also prophesied in another book of prophecy, the book of Ezekiel. And so let's turn, take a look at Ezekiel, Ezekiel 38, 21 to 23. I will summon the sword against you on all the hills of Israel. So we are in the land of Israel, right? Says the sovereign Yahuwah, your men will turn their swords against each other. I will punish you and your armies with disease and bloodshed. I will send torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and what does it say? Burning sulfur. In this way, I will show my greatness and holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world. Then they will know that I am Yahuwah. And so what is that event? What will happen there in the land of Israel that is described in the book of Deuteronomy by Moses himself as the, the land being desolate and destroyed? And it was sulfur was found, burning sulfur that destroyed the land. Well, this was also spoken about by the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel is speaking to someone here. And he says, I will summon the sword against you on all the hills of Israel. And so he's speaking to someone and they are in the land of Israel. And he will cause they're his men, his army to kill each other with sword. There will be bloodshed. He will send torrential rain, hailstones, fire and burning sulfur. That looks a lot like what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so this event is what was spoken of in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29. But what is it? When will this take place? Well, we read 21 to 23. Let's read 18 to 20. But this is what the sovereign Yahuwah says. When Gog, that's G-O-G, invades the land of Israel, my fury will boil over. In my jealousy and blazing anger, I promise a mighty shaking in the land of Israel on that day. All living things, the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the field, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the people on earth will quake in terror at my presence. Mountains will be thrown down. Cliffs will crumble. Walls will fall to the earth. That's utter devastation. Even all the animals and beasts were afraid. Earthquakes and shaking, destroying the walls of the land. And so all of this is happening because of the fury of Yahuwah. And Yahuwah is targeting his anger against, who is it? Gog. G-O-G. G-O-G, Gog, is influential in an invasion in the land of Israel that will lead to Yahuwah God punishing Gog 
and his armies in the land of Israel, bringing torrential rain, fire, and brimstone on the land of Israel. This is why we need to know this Gog. We're not going to go in length, but just in summary, because we're going to go more in detail concerning Ezekiel 38 uh, in our future episodes, but not today. We're going to go through some of it, but we need to know who Gog is, because when you look at the passage, the initial interpretation or understanding you might accord it is a, a human being by the name of Gog, right? That's probably what is uh, in the thinking of many scholars. But we, we went to look at this book entitled The Unseen Realm, written by Michael Heiser. Michael Heiser is a doctor of studies of the Bible, scholar, and he specializes in studying demons and angels. And that will be our topic for our youth forum, right? And we'll be discussing some of the, uh, the research that Michael Heiser has done. And in his book, The Unseen Realm, this is what he says about Gog. Gog would have been perceived as either a figure empowered by supernatural evil or an evil quasi-divine figure from the supernatural world bent on the destruction of God's people. For this reason, Gog is regarded by many biblical scholars as a template for the New Testament Antichrist figure. So according to this author, this researcher, his name is Michael Heiser, according to him and his research, looking at the uh, the uh, biblical, the, the Hebrew words and his understanding of demonology. And it's quite fascinating. And I can't wait to discuss that with you when we have the youth forum about what are the things the Bible actually shows us about the supernatural world. Because nowadays, many people do not believe in the supernatural world, right? They don't believe in the existence of demons. They don't believe in the existence of angels. But it's all in the Bible. And in fact, it is so in the Bible, it actually affects the policies. It affects the decisions of different territories throughout the world, including the territories supervised by Gog. Gog happens to be an evil quasi-divine figure from the supernatural world, quote-unquote, a demon. So Gog is not a human being. He's more of a, a demon. He is a, a spiritual being. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 32, when we go there, we're going to look at where that, that where, where devil comes from, demons. And we're going to discuss that not today, but in Deuteronomy 32, it will show us certain things that we need to understand to be able to decipher the events that take place that is beyond or underneath our sense of sight. And so in Ephesians 6 verse 12, Apostle Paul even mentioned this in 612, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You see, when the United Nations, for example, assemble together, when a nation and all of its council leaders assemble together, in those different territories, there are demons. There are evil rulers and authorities that we cannot see with our eyes. And they are influencing agenda. They're influencing policies made. They're influencing decisions made by the people who have great power and authority. And so Apostle Paul says, knowing that there is in fact a hidden world, 
a spiritual world that is unseen with our physical eyes. He knows our real enemy is not flesh and blood, but those behind flesh and blood. Who are they? The demons. Evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. As a matter of fact, when you look at all the players like Babylon back then, Tyr back then, do you know who was behind all of their decisions? Let's read the book of Ezekiel 28, 11 to 14. Then this further message came to me from Yahuwah, son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyr. Was there a king of Tyr? Yeah. Was he a human being? Yeah. But look at what Yahuwah says about the king of Tyr. Give him this message from the sovereign Yahuwah. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. I want to pause there for a while. Do you think that king of Tyr, that human being, was he in Eden? Was he in the garden of God? Was he? No. But who was in the garden of Eden? Yeah, Satan. The snake. Not the king of Tyr. But Yahuwah knows who is behind the king of Tyr. He's but a puppet. Who is the puppeteer? <laughs> the snake, right? He's the one in charge. He was the prince of demons. And so he, when he spoke about the king of Tyr, he said he unmasked him and exposed him to who he really is. He was influenced by this. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, white moonstone, blue green beryl, onyx green jasper, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire clearly. This was not the man who was the king of Tyr. This was who? This was Satan, right? And so he was the demon behind the kingdom of Tyr. Just like Gog is the demon behind his territory. And we'll talk about his territories in our future study. But it centers around Europe. And when we look at Europe and its influence, what do we, what first comes to mind? The New Testament Babylon. You think Babylon that started out way back during the, during the days of Nimrod did not originate from the devil or from Satan? It did. And then not only Babylon, but also Tyr. And now here, the Bible speaks about Gog. And it turns out this Gog, this demonic Gog, has influenced the course of history as well. And it has affected even the islands of the sea. And we can't wait to show you that, but not today. Okay. But this Gog is influential. And so Yahuwah says to him in Ezekiel 38, 1 to 3, the word of Yahuwah came to me, son of man, set your face against Gog and the land of Magog, uh, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, prophesy against him and say, this is what sovereign Yahuwah says. I am against you, O God, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And so Yahuwah made judgment. Actually, he will release. Uh, Yahuwah will permit Gog to do what he really wants to do. 
This is what the passage is talking about. However, in permitting God to do what he wants to do, it will be a setup for Yahuwah God to punish God in the land of Israel. This is why the torrential rain of sulfur and brimstone will destroy and devastate the land of Israel. Devastation is going to be so vast. People are going to be dying everywhere because people are going to be dying everywhere. What, um, what's going to be its effect? Let's take a look at Ezekiel 39. So the house of Israel shall know that I am Yahuwah, their God, from that day forward. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore, I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies, and they fell by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. And so after this event, when God and his armies will invade the land of Israel and eventually, after many years, be destroyed with fire and brimstone, what would this cause? It would cause the people, the house of Israel. These are the people of God, right? These, these are the, the house of or those who belong among the descendants of Jacob. Then they will come forward and return to Yahuwah. They will repent, in other words. And after this repentance, what will Yahuwah God do? Let's keep reading, 25, 29. Therefore, thus says Yahuwah, Lord Yahuwah, now, now, I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. And I will be jealous for my holy name. After they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, when they dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid, when I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations. Then they shall know that I am Yahuwah their God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out. What does it say? My spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord Yahuwah. And so what would be the effect of this destruction of Gog? Yahuwah God is basically forcing the fulfillment of his Abrahamic covenant, right? Because that will cause the people of Israel to realize that this is the hand of God. And so what will happen after the land has been cleansed? Bible says now, right? Now, after the devastation of the land of Israel, not before, but after, Yahuwah says, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. Yahuwah will bring back his people, gather them together from the different lands that they have been scattered into. So this is has yet to be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled when they receive the spirit of Yahuwah God as he has promised. And where will they come from? Those who were scattered in different places. Isaiah 1, 10 to 12. In that day, the root of Jesse 
will stand as a banner for the peoples and nations will rally to him and his place of rest will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the remnant that is left of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands, the islands of the sea. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. And so Yahuwah God has yet to fulfill this, but he will. After that devastation there in the land of Israel, this will finally be fulfilled. Which brings us to the question of questions. Who are the people who call themselves modern Israel today, right? Who are they? Those who reside in Israel today. You see, we need to, we need to understand something about scripture and the way it unfolds all the way to the final chapters of the history of mankind. Let's look at this table. There's the truth. If there's the truth, there's what? What's the opposite of the truth? Lie. Who is the father of lies? Yeah, he's behind all the lies. And what the devil will do, because he's a liar, he will take the truth that Yahuwah God wants us to know and that Yahushua has fulfilled, and he will make a counterfeit to try and be as close to it as possible, right? This is why we need to know the truth. Because the more we know the truth, the less we are likely to be deceived by the counterfeit, right? Make sense? Because the one who will provide a counterfeit is who? The devil. So what is the truth? Well, the true Mashiach is who? Yahushua, right? He's the true Mashiach. He's a true Messiah, Yahusha. It's not true that he was born in sin. <laughs> he was born as conceived of the spirit of Yahuwah God. That's why it's the son of God. That's the truth. What else is the truth? He's the one who will bring in true peace. True peace, not fake peace, but true peace. How so? Through his temple. What is the temple of Yahusha again? What is that? Apostle Paul says, you are the temple. The body of Yahusha. We are the temple of Yahusha, in the temple, we have peace, peace that surpasses all understanding by means of the spirit that can dwell in us when we go to Yahusha, our king. And Yahusha eventually will be the one as the root of Jesse. He will be the one to restore the Israelites. That's the truth. Yahuwah has not given up on Israel. No. After he finishes the work of the assembly, he will begin working with the people of Israel. He will restore Israel. Yahushua will restore the Israelites. This is the truth. Now, if there's the truth, there's a counterfeit. This is why we are to expect if there's a Yahushua HaMashiach, there's, go there's also going to be what? We're expecting what? An antichrist, right? If there's a Mashiach, there's an anti-Mashiach. There's an antichrist that's coming. What else? If there's true peace, there's false peace. And many people will claim peace throughout the years of the people of Israel's history, right? They will pretend they're at peace. And even in Thessalonians, the Bible says, 
They will shout out peace and safety and sudden destruction comes. So there's false peace. If there's true peace, there's a counterfeit, false peace. If there's a true temple, then there must be what? A false temple, right? Does it make sense? If there's, if there's a true Messiah, there's a false Messiah. If there's true peace, there's a false peace. If there's true temple, there's a false temple. So if that holds true, if there are true Israelites, what does that mean? There must be anti-Israelites, right? Remember, when we say anti-Christ, what does that mean? It is a replacement of Christ. Those who reside in Israel today, have they accepted Yahushua? No. What are they looking for? The replacement of Yahushua. Their Christ. Their Mashiach. That's the anti-Christ. And so those people there, they must not be the true Israelites. Right? They must be what? Anti-Israelites. Not against Israel, but as a replacement of the true Israelites. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? There are false Israelites and true Israelites? Yeah. And we'll talk about that in our future studies. This is why we will connect all of that together. Deuteronomy 32, Ezekiel 38, 39. And... The false Israelites. Not today, but in our future studies. But before Yahushua went to heaven and he spoke about the end times, what does he say will happen first before Jerusalem will be restored? Luke 21, 24, they will be killed by the sword or sent away as captives to all the nations of the world. I want to pause it for a while. Yahushua has prophesied about uh, the people of Israel in the first century would reject him as king. They would reject him as king. And so Yahushua said, because of this, they're going to be sent away as captives all the nations, uh, to all the nations of the world. And then Yahushua hands and Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles comes to an end. Right now we're living in the period of the Gentiles, which makes you think, which makes you think if that's the case, if the, uh, the period of the Gentiles has not come to an end, well, who are the people who reside in modern Israel today, right? It makes you want to think that. Who could there be? Who could they be? Could they be Gentiles who claim to be Israel? Could be. We'll find out in our future studies. But one thing we do know is that time will come after the devastation in Israel. This is why it's not surprising there's so much chaos and turmoil there in the land of Israel. Who's behind all of the turmoil and chaos? What spirit is behind that? It is Gog. And eventually, Yahuwah God will fully release him, meaning he will permit what Gog really wants to do. Right now, he's being resisted by Yahuwah God because only what God permits can it is what he can do. And so eventually Yahuwah says, okay, Gog is going to be commanded by Yahuwah. The Bible even says Yahuwah will, will say to him what's going to happen, right? And so eventually 
that restraint will be removed and Gog is going to do what he wants to do in the land of Israel because he's in charge of that European, uh, that place there around Europe. And so we need to be careful about that. And so we're not surprised right now the influence of Gog is still manifest. It's not full blown, but it's manifest. A lot of chaos there in the land of Palestine, the land of Israel. But eventually the people of Israel will learn and then remember what we said earlier? And then they will remember the choice that they had. And this is something that we need to understand as well. Because this choice that was given to Israel back then during the days of Moses is also the choice given to us. Was it that, what is that choice? Which is the key to life. Let's read the final passage of our studies today. The book of Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving Yahuwah, your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key, the key to your life. And if you love and obey Yahuwah, you will live long in the land Yahuwah swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That was the key. And that key is also our key. What is that? We have to make a choice, right? And once we make a choice, the consequences of that choice, well, that's basically beyond our control. The choice that we make, that's within our control. We make the choices and we are held accountable to the choices we make every day in our life. However, after we make that choice, consequences that follow that's beyond our ability to control this is why we need to make that choice well and the bible even tells us the choice yahuwah god wants us to make right what is that the bible says yahuwah wants us to choose life because we have to make a choice between life or death blessing or curses people of israel they chose death they chose cursing but we need to choose life how can we choose life how can we choose blessing? Verse 20 says, you can make this choice by loving Yahuwah your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the choice we need to make today. Under the new covenant, let us choose to love Yahuwah Abba, the greatest commandment that Yahushua taught us, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so in the new covenant with Yahushua, let us follow this teaching. To love Yahuwah God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. That is the key to our life and in our future. And hopefully all of us will make that choice to choose Yahuwah. Because to choose Yahuwah through Yahusha is to choose life and blessing for ourselves. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba. Yes, Father. Yahuwah God Almighty. Yes, Thank you so much for blessing your people. Yes, Father. Thank you, for we belong to our King Mashiach, Amen. your only begotten Son. Amen. Father, help us to be alert at all times. Yes, Father. Because we know the rulers and principalities of this unseen yes, world is very active, especially now, when they know that the world is going to come to an end. Amen. Help us 
to be vigilant. Yes. Help us to trust you. Yes. Because Lord. we can do nothing against them. Yes. But if you are the one to protect us, yes. Lord. We know that we will be able to survive. Yes. And overcome their influences. Amen. Help us, Father, that our eyes will be open. Yes. Help us to do our best to please and to glorify you. Amen. Yahushua, our King, yes, as Lord. we study your holy book. Help us to know and understand the will of Abba. Yes. We know that this book is about you. Yes. And that you are the key for us to be able to receive the promises. Amen. Help us to find you in our life. Yes. To Lord. find you in scripture. That yes. we may receive the spirit that was promised. That you can send to our hearts. Amen. May you send them now. Because yes. that will represent you in our hearts. Yes. To feel your presence is enough yes. for us to be courageous and strong to overcome the tests of our life. Amen. Father, please forgive all our sins. Yes. Remember our loved ones. Bless yes. them, please, in all that they do. Yes. And provide for all of their needs, including healing Amen. from all and all kinds of sicknesses. Amen. We believe, Father, you have listened to our prayers. Yes. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.